0: Your blood is a treasure trove of sanguine secrets. Hidden within every crimson drop, there is a story. Who your ancestors are, your allergies, even those as numerous as Nina's, allergic to corn, it's ridiculous. The amount of beefy five-layer burritos you drunkenly ate after the college party where your girlfriend broke up with you. But the most interesting of all the hemoglobscurities is related to health. The secret to a long life may very well hide in your veins, with the ability to prevent diseases lurking within. This was the mission of Theranos' CEO, Elizabeth Holmes, who wanted to provide the ability for anyone to easily test their blood for precursors to disease, to seize control of your health, and to do all of this not with scary large needles and huge vials of blood, but rather with a finger prick and a few drops. A few drops of blood to test for hundreds of things sounds too good to be true, and it was.
1: Wow, I like how you called out my food allergies. Thanks.
0: Yeah, you're allergic to so many. I like. I it's so much that I could probably find a new one every time you come over. I'd be like, you're like, oh, I'm allergic to air. I am, but mildly, so it's okay. I
1: am. That's why I'm so dumb. What?
0: <laughs> Explain your logic. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I can't. There was no logic to that statement.
0: And then I guess you've proved yourself.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Being allergic to air makes you dumb. You heard it here first.
0: That's true. If you believe you're allergic to air, you are probably pretty dumb.
1: There's a baby allergic to water and it died like immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah you're 60% of it.
1: Yeah, well, it died. <laughs> R.I.P. baby.
0: Baby death. How far are we into this episode? Two minutes. Two minutes? Baby death already? All right, cool. Uh,
1: Literally two minutes.
0: Cool. Uh,
1: (laughs) And also probably, I don't know. Yeah, about two minutes.
0: Well, uh, to move on from uh, infanticide, uh, first things first. Let's introduce the woman behind Theranos. It's not me. It's not Nina. Nina could not start a company. Maybe you could.
1: I'm not that dumb. Well,
0: you're not going to get a, a, like 400 million dollars of venture capital though.
1: You don't know that.
0: Not like Elizabeth Holmes. If she
1: can do it, I can do it.
0: Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth was born February 3rd, 1984. Her father was the was a vice president rather of none other then Enron. Doo, doo, doo. And after what happened, obviously, we know what happened. You listen to the episode if you're here. Uh, he held multiple executive positions uh, within governmental agencies like the EPA and things. So, uh, thanks, George Bush, who we also knew had a very close tie with Enron. So, there was probably some quid pro quo there, at least a little bit.
1: I'm not going to share my opinion on George W. Bush.
0: We already know. We know it.
1: He was the downfall of this nation.
0: Yeah, but now he paints Nina. How could he be evil? So her mother worked as a uh, congressional committee staffer. Uh, So she was born well-connected and did not struggle for money is basically how we're starting out. She was spoiled rich kid. I saw a picture of her as a kid and her brother was wearing like uh, a white collar shirt and like, thank you, uh, and a tie and like this trench coat that was buttoned up like he was some Wall Street Like a day trader, but he was like six and I'm like, I hate white people. You are white. (laughs) I know. I hate me, but especially rich white people like that.
1: I had a student one time. She was like, you and Meredith are the only white people I like. I was like, you're white.
0: A lot of people hate themselves too. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Elizabeth decided to take a heavy education trust and use it to attend Stanford to study chemical engineering in 2002. Her freshman year, she worked in the engineering laboratory, and after that, or after her freshman year, worked in Singapore, where she tested blood uh, for SARS-CoV-1, and in 2003, she filed for her first patent, which was a wearable drug administration patch that would detect disease and, upon detection, release antibiotics.
1: That'd be pretty fucking cool.
0: An idea... Which although the renderings for are very well thought out, uh, would almost never work practically. It's basically like she has a big imagination, but like that's not like how.
1: Yeah, she's like Willy Wonka.
0: <laughs> you know. It's funny actually, later uh five children do die in her factory. Ah! I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. No! I think uh, a, you know, I, don't I, ma- know. I made that up, but I could believe it.
1: Oh my God. Well, you know, like he has the gum that's supposed to be like a five course meal that oh, makes yeah, yeah. Violet.
0: Turns her into a blueberry. Yeah,
1: And like, he's like, well, I'm going to give this gum to the children of the world who, you know, can't afford food instead of just like actually just buying giving the, food. Yeah. Buying food. For like the you're very rich. Children.
0: Why do they need to eat gum? Willie?
1: Well, he's like, yeah, they, they won't be hungry anymore. But gum is only an appetite suppressant. It doesn't actually curb your hunger
0: she could feel the tomato soup falling down her throat (laughs) i hate tomato soup so this would not work and her professors told her as much because she went to one of her professors like look at this idea i have and she was like that's stupid (laughs) there's a bunch of precursor technology that needs to be invented for that to be a thing right you know you can't just jump to the end when it comes to medical devices correct you know there's a lot to go through in the interim
1: look at wheelchairs What? You know, they've gone through a lot. You know, you don't just have a motorized wheelchair right away. They had, you know, there's been a lot of different. I
0: think that's like the one thing, though. It went from chair, chair with wheels, chair with wheels and motor. Like that's the whole evolution. Yeah, but it
1: wasn't just chairs with wheels with motor right away. We had to take steps.
0: You're right. Yep. We had to make a motor.
1: We had to make a motor.
0: I love how your brain works sometimes. Uh, Only sometimes. Uh, also, at this point, I'd like to mention that she described her best friends growing up as books. And uh, oh god, you could tell One of those girls. You could tell she's hella weird. Um, she's st- she speaks in this deep baritone voice, which actually people think she's copying uh, Steve Jobs. Because there was one account from an early employee at her company that he's like, she talked fucking normal when I met her. And now every time she talks, she talks like this. Like, it was weird. The first time I heard her talk, I was like, what the fuck? Um, And she's also got like these big, crazy eyes. And people described her as like never blinking. That means you're crazy. And her eyes were always bloodshot too. Because she's not blinking. So I fully believe it. That's what I'm saying. She's insane.
1: No, so it, it... Okay, so... I I keep getting us off topic, but I don't care. You never do. So when Anthony Hopkins was uh, researching for the role of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, he found out that people who are clinically insane tend to not blink. And he did not blink the entire movie of Silence of the Lambs. I did
0: know that. Oh, yeah,
1: because I talked about it on Martha Stewart. So she's crazy.
0: She is, and now we have proof. So, coming up with blink. this with this drug administration patch, which is uh, not a feasible idea, uh, and met with resistance from professionals about the efficacy of this and other ideas, she decided to drop out of Stanford her sophomore year.
1: I don't need you, Stanford.
0: You, you Stanford. Uh, what do you stand for, Stanford? Yeah, bullshit. Uh, And she used her education trust to start a company in Palo Alto, California, and dubbed the company Real Time Cures.
1: (laughs) It doesn't sound legit. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's a stupid name, Uh, but the story goes uh, that because of a severe fear of needles, she had wanted to perform blood tests from a very small amount of blood without the need for a venous draw, draw from your veins, or multiple large vials. So that's why she started this company.
1: So, oh, she wasn't drawing the blood in Singapore. She was just testing the blood. Yeah.
0: She worked in a blood testing lab and then noticed like, oh, we still have to use these huge vials of blood, um, which is what we had to do back in like the 1950s. Like like blood analysis hasn't changed at all. But you're like, it kind of has, though, because we develop new machines and we can do a lot more tests. So that's a stupid reductive way of putting it. But that's fine. It's Fine, uh, but, she's a
1: woman, so she's stupid. She's not women, don't belong in the medical field. No, it's, it's a joke. It's no, a joke. there were
0: so many other women in the, like, even one of her professors was a very smart woman with a lot of medical training. Was the, and she sat on the boards of many companies that yeah. she came to with that drug patch, and she was the one who was like,
1: not No. Fam.
0: She's like, this isn't going to work. And she's like, you don't understand because you have no medical training and literally one year of engineering school under your belt, but this isn't going to work. And she would just get pissed off. And like, she's like, I don't believe you. It will work. I will will it into being.
1: Well, she read a lot of books. She lived in a fantasy world. This
0: is, she talked to all her book friends and was like, hey, Moby Dick, I can do this, right?
1: And he was like, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Good one. Uh, <laughs> So all these people, including that professor, didn't believe in her ideas, but one did believe in her mission, the dean of Stanford School of Engineering, Channing Robertson, a very well-connected individual, and he introduced her to venture capitalists, and funds started rolling in. So in 2003, Holmes changed the name of the company to Theranos, a combination of therapy and diagnosis- Ah. Which now we all know is something called a portmanteau. I'm going to mention that. We all that. know that. We went over that in one of our episodes. It was a big part where I kept saying portmanteau and you made fun of me for it.
1: You know I don't remember.
0: So that was a callback. <laughs> but I can only call back stuff in the episode or else Nina won't remember.
1: Damn it. <laughs> Damn. I do like the name Theranos though. It sounds very like
0: Theranos. Yeah, but wouldn't it like, be Theranosis? Very-
1: well, yeah, but Theranos sounds cooler. It sounds like a Marvel character.
0: See, to me, it sounds like a company in a dystopia novel.
1: <laughs> she did read a lot of books.
0: Theranos. I don't know. Theranos. It, it sounds like... The country of Theranos. It sounds scary. The
1: tribe of Theranos. It could also be in uh, Game of Thrones land.
0: Oh, yes. The world of Game of Thrones. The Theranos family. Yeah. I could see that. Theranos. I could see that. They fucked their ants. All right. <laughs>
1: and eat out cave women
0: okay you're probably wondering (laughs) spoiler sorry you're probably wondering how she convinced so many people to buy into this idea once again with no medical training and a year of engineering school and a voice that sounds like a 50 year old woman who's been punched in the throat so much if she wasn't you know faking it if this was her real voice um Like most swindlers we talk about on this podcast, she was incredibly convincing and bordering on psychopathy. She admired Steve Jobs so much that she began wearing the same style of black turtleneck every day as part of an outfit that she also wore every day so she wouldn't have to waste time thinking about what to wear in the morning
1: oh my god one of these people a
0: trend started by albert einstein and continued later by jobs it's just such a ripoff like it's exactly what he did stupid it's exactly what he. why do you want
1: to wear the same thing every
0: day she loved apple so much that the first um the first version of their device that they created, like, the mock-ups of them were running, were running, like, Mac. Like, their operating system, mm-hmm. Apple OS, was on there. And I was like, oh, you're such a fanboy. Weird. <laughs> um,
1: if you love it so much, why don't you marry it?
0: She probably would if she probably could. Probably would have. I mean, if honestly, you can marry a
1: dolphin, you could probably marry the laptop. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know why you'd want to marry a dolphin, but...
0: Maybe that maybe then they actually could call kissing mackin' out, am I right?
1: Oh! Am I right? Oh! Hey, wait, Kashan, <laughs> ask me if I want to marry a dolphin.
0: Do you want to marry a dolphin night? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that machine that I talked about, she also admired Edison so much, Thomas Edison, uh, that they later named that machine that they developed The Edison.
1: She's so lame, dude! I don't... Ah, oh, be original.
0: She is lame. She just st- she stole like her entire personality from these people, and she modeled herself after these men so much, who, if we know anything about, they became famous for inventions that were largely built on the backs of other people because they knew how to sell ideas, but not how to actually do stuff. And with a bit of digging, you find out that both of these people were not so great jobs abandoned his daughter and was also addicted to steve wozniak and edison for many things including electrocuting an elephant to death on film
1: i didn't know that
0: yeah uh, what the fuck he did that to falsely show that alternating current which was in competition to his direct current he was trying to prove that that was dangerous
1: i am just shook right now i didn't know this about thomas edison
0: oh yeah he's a very dark figure And he also didn't, like, all of his inventions, most of them he didn't, like, he was there. Mm -hmm. He just ran the company that put out the inventions. But he mostly just sold ideas and didn't actually do any of the actual inventing.
1: My education is a lie.
0: So that's how she sold this idea. This idea of the single drop of blood being effective for testing, even though everyone else said it wasn't. Because she had a fanatical belief in her own ability to pull it off. So much so that nothing would stand in her way. And investors liked that tenacity because she did seem like Steve Jobs. She did seem like Thomas Edison. But the thing is, is those people, they put the cart before the horse a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, and they say, we'll get there no matter what. But sometimes you can't get there. Yeah. And we only know the success stories. Right. But she was so good at pulling it off that she seemed like the next one. And by December of 2004, she had already raised four million in capital and kept using her personality to win more as that figure grew to 92 million by 2000.
1: Oh my God.
0: And during this time, she also assembled an all-star board of directors for Theranos, including former secretary of state, George Schultz, who after a two hour meeting with her was so convinced by her idea and her mission that he signed on immediately and began to introduce her to to other board members that would then join, including General Jim Mattis, very famous general, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, former Wells Fargo CEO Richard Kovacevic, and Betsy DeVos of the DeVos family. Yep, among others. Powerful people with mainly diplomatic or military backgrounds, but no one who knew anything about actual science. Kind of like Holmes herself.
1: Well, you know, that's Betsy DeVos's MO, though, to like be in charge of shit she doesn't know anything about. Yep. Let's put her, make her the secretary of education. Yeah,
0: she thinks money qualifies her to do everything, Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily correct. So then, with her amassed capital and her chief operating officer, Sonny Balwani, a man who was also, she was secretly dating. Ooh, hot. Who she had met when she was 18, and he was 19 years her senior.
1: Ooh, less hot.
0: More than double her age at the time they met. Oof. And with him at her side, the R&D started on the Edison, the machine that could perform 200 tests on a single drop of blood for a fraction of the price of its competitors. The belief behind this company was so great that without any actual products, its valuation swelled to nearly $9 billion and Holmes' majority stake at over $4.5 garnering her the title of the richest self-made woman in America from Forbes. Oh. All she right, also ranked as number 110 on Forbes, on the Fortune 400 or, or the Forbes 400, the 400 richest Americans.
1: I would not call her self-made.
0: She started her own company.
1: Okay, but she had all this money, that, like family money.
0: Not as much as other people do.
1: I guess. It's basically,
0: she's not an heir. She's not part of the Walton family. She's not part of... She's not Oscar Myers' great granddaughter and the wiener heiress or something. You know, like right. she did make the company. All right. It's like how like Donald Trump is technically a self-made billionaire, yeah, but, he, but he started out with a small loan of a million dollars right. from a this dad. is
1: how this bitch is.
0: Yes. It's kind of the same.
1: Yeah, quote unquote self-made. Okay, Kylie Jenner. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it.
0: Exactly. Now, all of this relied though on the Edison working. And although the optimistic buzz from outside Theranos was constantly growing, the inside was a bit different of a story. So the Edison looked and sounded great. It was a small box, maybe like a foot and a half by a foot and a half, Mm -hmm. that easily fit in your arms. And when set on a countertop, was said to take the place of an entire clinical laboratory and used a fraction of the blood. You put in like this little box in a slot in the mm-hmm. front, like a VHS machine yeah. that had these little tiny things of blood that would, they called the nano container, by the Ooh, way. The nano. The container. nano container. That sounds cool. And they put it in, and supposedly the machine did everything. It would take the blood, it would put it in there, it would put in the centrifuge, it mm-hmm. would run the assays with the reagents, it would record the results, all in this tiny box. Okay. She made the, uh, or Holmes made the, metaphor that it was like how computers used to take up an entire room and now they could fit in the palm of your hand like Mm -hmm. that's what she was going for okay um and inside like i said blah, blah blah i said all that and this machine supposedly could automatically perform tests from cholesterol to herpes with as little as a single drop of blood from the patient that's a lot and now theranos did make many edison prototypes And they did so at first with the help of a scientist named Ian Gibbons. And uh, what might follow this is, you know, kind of jarring. So if you deal with mental health issues, this is a trigger warning for
1: you. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. Uh,
0: He was an expert in blood analysis who was also pioneering testing on small samples. He had a PhD. He had a PhD. I can't remember the exact college. And he was very well known in his field. In the early days of the fully funded Theranos after 2011, he helped them develop many patents that he was co-signed as an inventor with Elizabeth Holmes, even though she mainly had an oversight role and not a lot of technical understanding of how things worked. That was, however, until he started telling Elizabeth and Sonny that their ideas were not feasible. The machine needed to be bigger. There was no way they could perform all the tests with such a small amount of blood. And if there's one thing that Elizabeth Holmes doesn't like, it's being told no.
1: But she's awesome to be in a relationship with.
0: I know. He was being dismissed more and more from the company HQ because he was not, quote unquote, on board with the vision of the company. Basically, every time you brought up something that wasn't working or we needed to change something about her vision you're not on board with the vision of this company. Oh, God. There was also a patent dispute going on where he was thinking more and more he'd have to go and tell the truth that Elizabeth Holmes signed off as an inventor on the patent but hadn't done any of the actual work. She was the owner of the company that developed it but not an inventor. Yeah, she
1: didn't. Invent- yeah. yeah.
0: And Gibbons worried more and more that if he told the truth, he would be retaliated against. He would lose his job that he would never be able to find another job because Theranos was a titan now even though they didn't do anything so the stress drove him to drink heavily and before the patent dispute could be formally settled by a court he tragically took his own life instead and Theranos reached out to his widow not to see how she was not to apologize for how they treated him only to collect the confidential papers that he had at his house. And that was all she ever heard from them again.
1: Wow. That's so sad.
0: Yeah. And now that is the most extru- the severe example of the corporate atmosphere at Theranos. Um, if you ever had to say something wasn't working, Elizabeth and Sonny would not being on with them. Not believing in the mission of this company. Because she was the company. Mm-hmm. Her vision was the company. And that was the idea. So something's not going to work. Well, you're going to make it work. Right. Which that has to be such a stressful thing to work in. Oh,
1: absolutely. Like you're
0: not really focused. Like this is the same kind of people that say things like we want a solutions based company because we whatever the problem is, just fix it. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that works. Mm -mm. Now, on top of that, they were extremely paranoid and secretive about what went on at Theranos every email that was sent between employees was monitored. Wow. So much so that emails that were sent internally that weren't CC'd to Sonny Balwani or Holmes would be replied to by them. And on top of that, they made all their employees sign NDAs and frequently at all staff meetings talked about how everyone else in the industry was coming after them, wanting to steal their ideas. That's why people questioned it because... Because they want it, they they don't want change, you know.
1: How terrible terrible it would be to live in their minds and like think that that many people are out to get you.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. She, like, I think that um, Holmes saw herself as like the golden child of medicine. Mm-hmm. I think she might without have a some, medical degree. I think she might have some ego issues and was like, clearly, I am the next best thing, and everyone wants to get to me. Most of this was probably to keep the news secret that what they were actually working on wasn't actually working. Because even if the machine didn't outright explode when you tried to test with it, which they said sometimes happened, like the centrifuges inside would just <laughs> explode, uh, there were many moving parts inside that would spill blood and reagents all over, causing contamination. Uh, they were trying to work on it, and there was like needles inside that could like puncture you when you're dealing with the machine. And even if you could get it to work properly for like one or two tests, it would take up to six hours to set up to get all the reagents and stuff loaded into it. So it's not really that fast because it requires a bunch of setup. Now, that being said, that didn't stop Theranos from showing off these prototypes to investors and potential investors. They would invite them to their headquarters uh, and then take a small prick of their finger, collect their blood, and then put them in the machine, and then they'd be like, okay, it takes a little bit, let's go on a tour. And after they'd go on a tour, an engineer would run in and take the blood samples out and run up to their clinical lab upstairs and just run the tests upstairs. What? Yeah, and then they would bring the results down when they came back and be like, look, we have the results from the machine. So shitty. So they literally just lied. Yeah. And, And this also reminds me of Steve Jobs because I don't know if you know the story of the first iPhone demo, no, but on the first iPhone demo, they had multiple phones because they kept not working mm-hmm. and they would just crash randomly. So he would like, he would like definitely slip another one out when the first one crashed and it made it look seamless. Like they had developed this product and it was fully working before it actually was. And people like applaud, uh, Steve jobs, like, oh yeah, even though it wasn't working, he like still, you know, stood in the face of adversity and, but he's lying. Yeah. And it's a little bit different, though, when it's with phones.
1: Right, not people's health.
0: Exactly.
1: But both are shitty.
0: Both are shitty. This is just a little bit shittier. But it just shows her ties to Steve Jobs even more. Um, Yeah. And this deceit, however, was enough to land Theranos... Their biggest and pretty much only contract of their history, as in 2013, Walgreens decided to sign on to let Theranos have drop-off blood testing sites in locations all through Arizona.
1: Oh, do you remember this, Kashan?
0: I think I remember seeing the signs because it was like Theranos, like testing centers, drop-in, drop-off. But I probably just never even thought of it.
1: Well, you didn't know it; you were a kid.
0: Well, I was eighteen, but yeah, never mind. 2013. <laughs> uh, so, oh yeah, and. To get this to go through, Holmes also successfully lobbied in Arizona to get a bill passed where uh, patients can request their own lab tests without the referral of a doctor. So, in most places, you have to get a doctor's referral to a lab to conduct a blood test. Yeah. She lobbied for them to change that. So, they did. And she was like, we're taking back uh, our own health. Like, you shouldn't need do a doctor's interference. Arizona. Yeah, exactly. It was like just freedom kind of thing like that you could have just printed freedom on a piece of paper and they'd be like that's my argument but many physicians didn't like this because lab results require context and knowledge you need to know how to interpret them right they send you back and tell you that like you're i don't know not all blood tests are like hiv positive hiv negative some of them some of them are like your potassium levels are like 90 parts per million right I don't know what that means. No one fucking does. Well, they do. Except for doctors. And that's why you need a referral in the first place. But people can't do that. Right. (laughs) They then had people get finger prick draws in Walgreens. So you'd go in and, you know, uh, they had to train Walgreens workers how to like prick your finger and use the micro container to collect blood or nano container. Uh, And then they would send the samples to Theranos because the Edison wasn't done. So, their main idea was that later you would just have an Edison in the Walgreens and you could do it there, put it in, and just get the results immediately. But obviously, that's not working. So, they had to send them to Theranos in California. But the only problem was they weren't running these tests on the Edison machines that they had either. Right. Less than 10% of the tests they ran were on machines developed by Theranos, the Edison machines, while the other 90% were performed on standard third-party machines that all other clinical labs wow. use. Wow. In a clinical lab they built here that was hastily constructed and understaffed because they realized they weren't going to be able to use the Edisons, but they told Walgreens they could. It's so... St- you know, and and at this time, obviously, the Edison, not FDA approved. Right. And it didn't have to be technically, because it it would only have to be FDA approved if they were selling it to other companies. Right. But the fact that they're only using it for their business, it doesn't have to be FDA approved for them to use it, but they still have to get approval from uh, the governing body that regulates diagnostics labs. It's the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS for short. Um, but whenever the CMS would send them off results to like do a, um, testing on them, like a quality test, Mm -hmm. they would only use the results from their third party machines. They owned never the Edison's, but they were using the Edison's to give results to patients. So many employees began to question the accuracy of the results produced by Theranos, uh, the Edison
1: wonder why
0: I know. Right. Uh, the Edison was usually off by large margins in quality control tests that they conducted oh, inside. Weird. And because they were only taking small amounts of blood from patients, for many tests, they had to dilute it to be able to use it in the third-party machines for those other 90% of tests they had to run, um, which obviously skews their results. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, there's no way. What were they diluting with it with? Uh, water?
0: Probably just like salt water, which is most of what your blood is anyway like a saline solution. But oh. but still, it, it makes it less available and it's going to make uh, your error rates higher. Yeah. Um, they also started telling people at Walgreens that instead of just a finger prick they would have to just take blood normally. Oh my God. This so it defeats
1: the entire purpose. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing. People would get upset and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I want my money back. Or they would like contact the back and be like, hey, we know we took the finger prick, but now we need an intravenous one to confirm the results of those tests. And you're like, this is the whole reason I fucking yeah, did it in the first place. I didn't place. even want
1: to do that. That's why I got the
0: finger prick. Exactly. Or they would be like, oh, one of the tests you asked for requires intravenous. And they were like, But I thought it tested for everything. Exactly. And Holmes was even asked at one point, they're like, how much, like, what's the ratio between like the finger prick and the intravenous? And she would never give a solid answer. She just Because there wasn't one. She deflected the whole time. And he'd be like, but is that coming like soon? She's like, oh, within the next year for sure. Which is another. For shame. Which is just a full lie. Now, many people, because of this, were misreported results. Ranging from a woman who was told she had so much potassium in her blood that she should be dead. Oh, my God. To someone being misdiagnosed as HIV positive. Oh, my God. One employee who worked in the lab went as far as saying that the syphilis tests done on the Edison were only correct 65% of the time. He said something along the lines of like, if 100 people came in to get tested for syphilis and they all had it, only 65 would be told. (gasps) So in a Theranos-led diagnostic world, there'd be a lot more syphilis.
1: Swiss cheese for brains.
0: Poor Al Capone. R.I.P. R.I.P. I I
1: can't believe Al Capone died of syphilis.
0: I can.
1: (laughs) I mean, I can, but it's like, damn, dude, you didn't get shot.
0: He did get, well, he got shot a little bit. But not from killing But not dead. It It was that pussy that killed him.
1: (laughs) Stay away from pussy I think that's on his
0: gravestone. I think it's just (laughs) Al Capone. It's that pussy that killed him. Death by pussy. Oh, my God. Finally, employees got fed up including the engineer grandson of George Schultz, the former Secretary of State who actually worked at Theranos. His name was Tyler Schultz, who after leaving the company defied all the NDAs he had signed.
1: Yeah, Tyler!
0: And agreed to sit down with the Wall Street Journal. And I'd like to point out at this time that an NDA does not keep you from disclosing a crime. So if you ever witness a crime while you're under an NDA, you can still report that crime. Just so people, I didn't know that. just so people know, I looked it up after one of our other episodes because we had asked the question and it said no. Like you can still report a crime even if you well, that's it how it should under be. An NDA. Exactly. That's how it should
1: be. People shouldn't be allowed to just commit crimes.
0: Exactly. So Tyler Schultz gave Wall Street Journal writer John Rue what a name. I know uh, everything he needed and more to write a scathing review of Theranos and their practices. While writing it, however. He faced heavy pushback from Theranos when he asked them some uh, probing questions. They got incredibly defensive, citing that they couldn't answer anything about the process to protect trade secrets. Hmm. And he he said something along the lines of, "But you're not even using your own machines." Because he asked their lawyer, are you using the machines? And because they never use the results from their machines for the regulatory process, he was like, no, we, they never use those machines. And he's like, well, if you're not using the machines, then why can't you answer some basic questions about your principles? Because you're just running it like a normal clinical laboratory. Yeah. And they still said, we're protecting trade secrets. He's like, you're not doing anything different then. And if you are doing something different, you're that's also illegal. Right. And now they discovered Tyler and a few of the other whistleblowers that were talking to the press as well. And they had lawyer David Boyce, I think that's how you pronounce that, uh, who is infamous, I I wrote famous, but it's definitely infamous for threatening the accusers of Harvey Weinstein for their silence. Like, he was pressuring the Harvey Weinstein accusers to, like, back the fuck off. Like, he was his lawyer.
1: Oh, so he's a really nice guy.
0: Yeah. Well, they got that guy to go after these whistleblowers. He would deliver them threatening letters saying that they were violating their NDAs and that they'd be sued heavily uh, for everything they were worth. Uh, They went to George Schultz's house and, like, had him invite Tyler over and then like berated him being like, you need to like keep your mouth like all of this can go away if you just sign this one confidentiality agreement and stuff. Wow. Like crazy really shit. Good
1: people. Yeah.
0: We're dealing with. Yeah. It's like they basically like hired, I don't know, they feel like they feel like a mafia enterprise at this point where yeah. they're like someone's going against them and that so they're gonna hire a what is basically a a lawyer hitman. <laughs> To come after you. But uh, the scare tactics did not work, however, and the article was released in October 2015, prompting many investigations into Theranos and their lab. Uh, The FDA then found that the nano container was not holding to the regulations that it was supposed to be held under, and they banned its use to collect blood. Nice. So they couldn't use the container they patented that was supposed to work with their machines in the first place. And then Walgreens ended their partnership and sued them for breach of contract, a suit that was settled outside of court that I guess uh, shareholder meetings, they revealed it to be like $30 million or something. Um, CMS performed a surprise inspection on their main Californian laboratory and failed it in January of 2018, shutting down their clinical laboratory completely. And a couple months later, Theranos voided two years of results. That came from their Edison machines. They basically said, so like, oh do okay.
1: I have syphilis or do I not have syphilis? Imagine going around and telling like all your sexual partners that you had syphilis. That like oh, and then, no
0: and that you didn't. And then you didn't. You're like, fuck, man. Your girlfriend April breaks up with fools. you.
1: You're like,
0: you're cheating on me because I don't have syphilis. And you're like, I don't know.
1: You're like, I don't know I got it. I swear I
0: didn't. So they also uh, CMS also Made it so that um, homes could not own or operate a blood testing facility or a clinical laboratory for two years. So they put a ban on her as That's well. That's
1: not very long though.
0: No, yeah, but she later agreed to a ban of not being on a company for like 10 years. So okay. it's kind of both. Uh, Theranos also settled a lawsuit with the state of Arizona and agreed to pay back all of the lab fees charged to customers in Arizona. Oh, um, And settled an extra like, like $300,000 for a total of like $4.65 million.
1: Well, it's less than I thought it was going to be.
0: but It's still a lot of money. That being said, by 2018, they had spent all of their $900 million in capital that they had accrued over the course of their time, and $300 million of that went just to paying lawsuits and legal fees, and th- that's it. It was like the fallout of this. So a third of that money went to dealing with this. And Holmes also broke up with Sonny Balwani and fired him from the company. He says he left, but most people think that she fired him. Uh, That's why you don't work with your girlfriend. And Holmes violently defended her position as being right. Of course she n- did. Never wavering from her claim made on Mad Money with uh, Kramer. The day, after the, the day the article came out, she went on Mad Money and had this to say. This is what happens when you work to change things. First, they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden, you change the world. Yeah. Yep. And she did change the world. Just not for the better. better. And in 2018, the SEC filed formal charges, criminal charges against Holmes and Balwani for multiple counts of wire fraud, including sending fake results to patients in Arizona and claiming to have a revenue stream of $100 million in 2014, a year where their revenue stream was (gasps) $100,000. What? Yeah, so 10% of what they claim to have made is what they made. Guys. And a trial, which is not yet concluded... And actually just started the, at the time of recording yesterday on August 31st uh, with jury selection. And uh, that's because it was delayed. They were charged in 2018, but it was delayed because of the pandemic. Yeah, And at first they were going to charge Holmes and Balwani together, but now they're uh, charging them separate. Interesting. Because news has surfaced recently that Elizabeth Holmes once again refuses to take blame for her actions as she is going to cite abuse by Balwani, both emotionally and sexually, saying he controlled every bit of her life from what she ate to who she talked to, making it so that she was not responsible for her decisions while at the company. (sighs) Which, I don't know, does it seem like maybe he groomed her because he was 19 years older than her when he was 18? Yes, could there have been some of this? Yes, but the way that, like, the way that Elizabeth Holmes believes in her mission and talks doesn't seem like she's being controlled. It seems like this is something she's always yeah, done. Yeah, you
1: know, I usually, I, I ugh, usually always side with victims, but in this case, it's like or survivors, I should say, but it's like. Like maybe this was happening a little bit, but like,
0: like this could happen. But do I still think that she also did some pretty bad things throughout the yeah, course of this company? Absolutely. Like yes, yeah. And I don't think it's a good defense. If that's true, then I hope Alwani suffers for what he does too. Absolutely, and gets the jail time that he deserves for it. But. She also should serve some time for what she did, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Because she did defraud investors. Yes. She did drive a man to suicide, potentially. Yeah. You know? So
1: She's empa- not innocent. Em-
0: empathy is hard.
1: She's not innocent. I really hope that that is not true. It's also really shitty if it isn't true to say those things, because yeah. it just weakens survivors' stories and, like, weakens... um. You know, then the public is more inclined to not believe survivors and of abuse. And um,
0: yeah, it's like what uh, Amber Heard did to Johnny Depp.
1: Yeah, like don't fucking lie about it, dude. Yeah, because then people aren't. I don't know. It's uh It's so annoying. It's so annoying because survivors already have to fight so hard for their stories to be heard and to be taken seriously. And when people like this, like I'm not necessarily when I say this, I mean like people with a giant platform like Elizabeth Holmes, who are in these giant trials, who aren't being truthful, if she is not being truthful, it's just super shitty because it's really, you're like hurting other, hurting other, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say other women. Like, I know what this happens to men as well, but yeah. it perpetuates a problem where we don't take victims seriously.
0: Well, even this whole narrative kind of, I feel like, this is like this story is going to give credence to some people that actually do believe women shouldn't be in business mm-hmm. or something, because this is the this is one one example where she probably didn't know what she was doing. Right. And but she moved full steam ahead. But like women can be very competent business owners, business runners. and And right. it, it is detrimental to our society i think that there's not more of them in stem fields especially right you know so it just kind of sucks that like this time too it was just a lie the whole time and she had a big imagination and she shot far into the future but the way that she lied about it isn't okay no it affected real people and real people's health
1: yeah yep and who knows how many people her actions will actually um hurt because of what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, if it's found out that he didn't do those things to her, boom. Now you have a whole class of people who aren't going to believe survivors. And then now, boom, you're going to have all these people who have always argued that women shouldn't be in STEM fields. And it's going to hurt women for decades, could potentially. So, fuck you, Elizabeth.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: your creepy eyeballs.
0: And this is... Uh, I'm not going to read my whole outro because I think we've had a poignant talk here, at yeah. the end, which is actually nice. Um, we
1: don't do that all the time. We
0: don't do that. We didn't make any goose jokes this week. No, we didn't. But this is an example of why the Apple, quote, Apple with a capital A, of healthcare does not work. Faking it till you make it, until the technology catches up with your ambitions, you that might be able to slide when you're making iPhones. But not when you're making health diagnostics technology. And this just feeds into the whole idea of what Silicon Valley is like, because that is it. Because there are Bill Gates who dropped out and just started a company and built it to what it is now. Same thing with Steve Jobs. Um, and it's mostly in the area of tech. Think it till you make it. But biotech. Yeah, no. Is different. Absolutely. And that's what sets us apart. It's a small difference, but it really means a lot. That you're dealing with people's lives, not just with their entertainment. Right. Which is what Windows and what the iPhone and Mac started out as. They've they've developed now to something more,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they started out as entertainment. Right. And it's not the same. And it's not going to be the same. And we'll just have to see with the result of this trial what happens. Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully justice is served.
0: Hopefully justice is served. And I guess we'll update you guys when that happens. Yep. So, that's it for this week. Thanks that was, for uh,
1: listening. <laughs> that was, uh... It ended I, a little more somber than I, I thought it was going to. Yeah,
0: I knew it would get kind of somber. I knew that also that this was just, like... Uh, because this is about, like, medicine and biotech, like, I have a lot of feelings about it, mm-hmm. personally. So, I feel like this one was just a lot of, like, me ranting...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's okay.
0: Uh, uh, ...about it, because I really am very passionate about this. Because, um, fuck, man. <laughs> this sucks. Uh... So, but yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you still enjoyed it, even through my rants. And if you did like today's episode, you can show that by uh, rating us on iTunes, dropping a review there. Uh, We know that 80% of you are listening right now on Apple Podcasts, so it would be great if you could drop by and just leave us a review and a rate, uh, or subscribe if you're part of the 20% that's not on there. I think... You can actually subscribe on Apple Podcast too. So just do all of it. Do it uh, all. <laughs> you can uh, communicate with us directly uh, through our socials: facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands, Twitter at White Pod, Instagram uh, White Collars underscore Red Hands. Yeah. Yeah. I after how many <laughs> episodes I'll just remember it. That's all right. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't. I feel like I don't remember half of this shit.
0: Uh, you can send us an email, uh, talk with us directly. We've been chatting with some people recently. Yeah. It, it sounded, it's sounded it been fun uh, at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. You can also listen to us directly or contact us through our website, Uh And if you want uh, a not-so-free way to support us but also pick up some cool shit, uh, you can buy our merch at TeePublic, uh, hoodies, T-shirts, Et note- notebooks, Pencil cases, I think. Laptop cases for sure. Big tapestries. Not a tapestry, yeah. but like a flag kind of thing. You can Hell buy those. Yeah. If you actually buy one of those, if you're that hardcore, send a pic.
1: Wave your freak Read flag. It at us. High. That's
0: hilarious. <laughs> if you do buy one of those, you're a little bit of a freak. And that's coming from the person who makes the podcast. Yeah,
1: I don't. A uh, flag, I'm not supportive of.
0: But we love freaks. Uh, so. Yeah. So I think that's it uh, for this week's episode. So we'll see you next week. Another episode of White Collars. Red Red hands. Hands.